I don't care if it's a week, two, four, six, seven, eight. Who do we appreciate? LeBron James. That's who y'all got to start, start appreciating. And you got to stop disrespecting this man. You got AJ Brown, who's a legit number one. And you got Julio, who's a legit number one. One of them dudes got to get double teamed. Who going to get double teamed? And whoever gets double teamed, the other one gets the ball. I'm saying this with no pun intended, but full of pride. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Prideful Takes Podcast. As always, it is your boy Pride. I got a fun one for y'all today. I got a fun one. And of course, there's no way you can have fun without some controversy. Elena Trapp, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for yes, being indeed. on the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Pride. I'm I'm happy to be on. I'm, I'm I appreciate you being here. And and Bear with me when it comes to the controversy. <laughs> I promise, we're gonna cross that bridge. Oh we're yes, gonna we're gonna that. give it to you. We're gonna no, give it to you. She is. She. Is. <laughs> don't, don't say we. She. Is. I'm innocent here. You feel me? I'm. I'm. A, I'm. Yo. I'm chilling. I'm just. I'm a witness. I'm a bystander. You know. But first and foremost, obviously, we are in. Probably, we're hitting the stride of the NFL season. For sure. And without. So listen, this year, dudes have been stepping up. And they've been stepping up in ways I can't even imagine. It's a lot more competitive this season. Way more competitive. Yeah, than, and you it's can't crazy. tell which way it's going to go. Yeah. yeah, there's guys going up and there's guys going down. There's guys yeah. who are the mm-hmm. Bills who are taking off and the Chiefs yep. who are struggling. Yep. But and people have been saying that the MVP award has been QB orientated for a while. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. So it kind of got me thinking. Are there yes. any guys playing who are not quarterbacks who have a legitimate chance of winning this award? I think so. I think my picks, if I had to pick any, would because um I I mean right now I do have a quarterback as my MVP, but if I was to pick outside of that position, I would probably go with either Jamar Chase or um, Trayvon Diggs from for the Cowboys. Um, Trayvon Diggs has been playing incredible on defense. Like he's been he's been their anchor pretty much and it's, it's kind of shocking to see just because he is a, a relatively younger guy but he's he stepped up to the plate and, and really like brought it home as far as for that defense because the cowboys there was never really any questions with them as far as on offense it's always can Dak lead them to the promised land or can Dak um culminate that offense and, and get them to rally behind them that was really the only question for the offense dallas's problems for the last few years has always been the defense so now they finally have an anchor, a guy who they can they can uh, follow after, who can who takes that lead and takes that charge, and, and it's pretty much like, this is how we're gonna run things. And like he's just been incredible as far as anticipation, um, read just reading reading offenses, and just like I said, being just being that spark for them. And then on the other on the opposite side, you got Jamar Chase. Like, I mean, who saw the Bengals clicking like this this early? Like who saw who saw that coming? You 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 be a liar if you said you saw that coming and saw them beating some of the teams that they beat. And I mean the way that they put put it on Baltimore last week. <clears throat> no, who I mean who could have predicted that? And Jamar Chase looks he doesn't look like a rookie. He looks like he's been in the seat, been in the league for a good five or six years. He's comfortable. He doesn't look afraid of the moment. Um, you know he's 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 stepped up big time. Him and Joe Burrow they still they picked. Up, I mean it looks like honestly it looks like they're just back at LSU. Yeah. Um, as far as with this offense, they're just back at LSU doing what they what they did in that championship season. So I've been really impressed with him as, as a rookie and um, just the way that Joe Burrow's come back from that major injury. And he just, I mean, you want to talk about poise in the pocket. I mean, he just he looks like he looks like a Peyton Manning, <laughs> like 
you know what I'm saying, but, but a little bit more mobile, uh, mobility as far as, you know, being able to run with the football. Um, but, yeah, so those will be my two picks outside of the quarterback position, Trayvon Diggs and um, Jamar Chase for sure. Yeah, um, I, I don't. I didn't have uh, Trayvon Diggs, but I'll be honest, I didn't really think about him until um, I was talking with Mike earlier. He was the one who was like, you know, put him in there. And my thing is he does get burned a lot. He does, yeah. But even though he's young, the mm-hmm. fact that he's got the balls to be mm-hmm. as aggressive mm-hmm. as he is to get those picks, I can't mm-hmm. really hold it against him because, no. look, yeah, he. Some, the, the biggest knock people have on him is that he gambles a lot. And it's true. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I'm not going to just on the air. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, he's cashing in on him. He's cashing in on him. So you we, we can't really be like, oh, my God, he's mm-hmm. being too risky. You know, because, again, I get, you know, him being too risk, risk-taking. Yeah. And without risk, there's no reward. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, um, I, I do like him. Me, personally, I got to give it to, to Derrick Henry. That's the guy okay. I would have okay. to give it to. Um, he's leading the league in rushing. And picture this. Take, take, mm-hmm. a, take a walk with me. Okay. If we took his 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 average yards out, right, and we only, like, the only yards we gave him was yards after contact, this man is still leading the league in the NFL. He's still leading the league. Yeah, that's insane. That's Let insane. That like, he's getting hit. This is a grown man who's playing with middle schoolers. That's what I see when I see him play. Like it's he, he's a he's a Mack truck. It, it, it's it's he's crazy. A like, he's a Mack truck who somehow is out here beating Bugattis in a foot race. Like like let that sink in, bro. That's a man. That's a great analogy. Bro, and it's crazy because like he he like bro he be he be gunning it and he be running and whatnot. And speaking of gunning it, this man about to be up a storm. Look, man, Chicago's four and oh, nobody can tell Mike nothing right now. Nah, I can't talk to me, dog. Can't talk to me. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to say, Mike, can we please speak? Yeah. Nobody, nobody at my table right now. 100%. So we, 100%. We, we need permission. But I'm going Derrick Henry. You know, um, you said Jamar Chase, which I honestly, that's my second guy. Look, as a yeah. dude who has him on his fantasy team, I love that guy. And I'm calling dibs on him again next year. Like, this yeah. is, <laughs> he is like carrying me in ways that, look, out my team, right? I had like three guys had to pick up on the waiver wire because of injuries and because mm-hmm. of bye weeks. Jamar Chase single handedly carried me to the point where I'm calling him Pops. I don't know the dude. You know? <laughs> I spell his name right. I be forgetting the apostrophe, and I still be calling him Pops because this dude is just like, like you said, and and when um when they drafted him, I didn't think it was a bad pick. I was just more yeah. confused because it's like I would bulk up that line, but that I can't line, remember. Who yeah. said it. Yeah. I can't remember who said it, but one of them was like, "The line, yeah, I get the line, but what's nice about it is when you have that chemistry with the receiver, mm-hmm. you you could survive having an and yeah. line. You yeah. could survive yeah. with that because yeah. you know, okay, I can throw the ball here, I can run slants, and our our timing is perfect. There are times where he throws a slant to Jamar Chase, and in my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's a, that's a cute little two yard gain. And all of a sudden, because of it's, a, yeah, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a massive game. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would have to pick him. Mike, if you have to pick any type of non-QB MVP, who you got? Uh, well, I mean, we already covered, you know, obviously the, the big front runner is Derrick Henry. And then, you know, Jamar Chase is a great one. I was one of those guys that 
Jamar to me is more of a luxury than a necessity. And and mm-hmm. I felt like Panay Sewell is still it, uh, linemen just go so disrespected in this league, especially offensive linemen. Oh, um, guys like Quentin Nelson, guys like Panay Sewell uh, are generational talents. And I felt like coming off an ACL tear of a rookie franchise quarterback, Panay Sewell was the guy that the Bengals should have got, no doubt. Um, but definitely right now, you know, if Joe Burrow remains healthy, this this tandem, I mean, is going to be one of the most fun to watch for years to come, at least in my opinion. Um, and, you know, you never know down the line if Justin Jefferson doesn't want to stay with Kirk Cousins. He might say, I want to go play with my boys, Joe. And, yeah, ooh, that would and be tomorrow. nice. And, and that's always something you need, to, you need to remember. Like, this isn't just the NBA where old teammates can go team up. Like, the NFL has teammates that were willing to team up, too. Um, we see mm-hmm. it with Trevor and, and, and ETN as well. But for mm-hmm. me, Cooper Cup is one of those guys that is not only the funnest name to say in the world, um, <laughs> I think definitely one of the best guys to watch. Like watching Cooper Cup do his thing, watching the way he's just completely exploded and changed the game for the better. You know, I felt like personally when you watch when you watch a guy like Cooper Cup and Jared Goff try to get better, you could see throughout this highlight reel as well that Cup is taking those steps to be a great wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Jared, it was more of Cooper grabbing his hand and saying, okay, I'm going to come take us here. But with Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford's hand in that, hand, yeah. and yeah. they're running yeah. together. They're ready mm-hmm. to go. I always say it, white boys from Detroit, the second they get to L.A., they make it big. You got Eminem, you got Stafford. <laughs> But guys, <laughs> guys like Goff, you know, they, they they get sent to Detroit and they get sent there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's because Goff just wasn't that guy bringing it in. But what you see from Cup, I think, you know, you have so many times so far this year. I think he's had five or more 100 plus yard games. Um, I think he's matched 150 yards over two times or three times now. He's without a doubt stepping it up. The least he's had so far this year was like 64 yards, which as a Bears fan is a lot. Um, so you know, I definitely do look at him and I say, if you're not giving it to Henry or Chase or someone or a quarterback, I, I would definitely give it to him. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is like, mind you, this is a guy who say that when I thought Matthew Stafford got there, I didn't know whether or not it was going to work. I didn't. If I didn't know better, these two went to school with each other. They had sleep. Yeah. yeah. And if I didn't know better, Cooper Cup had a stint in yeah. Detroit after Megatron left. Because the way that these guys are just like somehow on the same page, it's a weird level of chemistry where you were born to play with each other. Like you guys were born to spend a few years with each other because Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, there's no way, there's just no way Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup have this great tandem. The the only way is if you got, if they were meant to play with each other. And honestly, like, Look, I'm telling you right now, one of the most exciting tandems I love to watch is Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Because Mm -hmm. the thing is, is Mm -hmm. it's kind of like the same thing I said earlier about Burrow and Jamar Chase. Mm -hmm. They'll do a quick slant and you'll think it's three yards. And all of a sudden, it's it's more than that. It's like 20, Mm -hmm. 25, 30 yards. And it, it, it really just comes down to where Matthew Stafford puts the ball. And where he puts the ball, he goes, you know, I could put it in his gut. And he can just get a couple yards, but if I put it just a, just about half a foot away, yeah, yeah, just yeah. that, just those couple mm-hmm. inches, he can catch it. Not only catch it in stride and not get hit, yeah. which is important, and he could turn up the field. It's just crazy. And again, to Matthew Stafford's credit, no matter who he throws to, he makes sure they don't get hit. 
which mm-hmm. is as a quarterback is something underrated. Yeah, very underrated. underrated. And you've seen him do it with Cooper Cup countless times. Where my thing is, oh, Cooper Cup's career is over. He's gonna get lit up. And all of a sudden, not only did he not get lit up, he was able to get extra yards. And mm-hmm. I, I look, I, I I like Cooper Cup. I and honestly, I'm a Jared Goff guy, but I'm honestly starting to think it, there's a legitimate chance, Elena, that Jared that Jared Goff was actually holding back Cooper Cup. And Absolutely. had he had somebody else, maybe he could be looked at as an elite receiver already. Right. And, and Absolutely, and I agree with that. Your point, though, Pride, I, I, being watching, you know, I, I was at Megatron's last game. You know, little mm-hmm. did I know it was his last game, but I was physically there. Right. It was in Chicago. It was Matt Forte's last game as a Bear. It was mm-hmm. Megatron's last game ever. It was crazy, you know, to hear a couple weeks later that that that, that was all she wrote. Um, mm-hmm. so, so to be there, it was dope. But I think your point with Stafford not letting his guys get injured is because that's all he really did. And, and it wasn't really his fault. But with Megatron, the only way to bring Megatron down was to lay his ass out. And, and, and that was really it. So guys came at him with everything they had. Because if you were just trying to wrap him up, he was going to stiff he arm. Was over, yeah, yeah, it was over right. with. He was going to destroy you. So he would drag you 30 yards. So right. <laughs> yeah. you 30 yards. And, and, and that was just who Megatron was. So I think without a doubt, Stafford understands that. And he's trying to get guys in these opportunities where you're not getting those open, close-winded, kind of hits from a linebacker down the middle you're trying that's that's the number one you know fault of a quarterback you see it a lot in high school um mm-hmm. and if you're not teaching these guys in high school on your defense the right way yeah if yeah. you see someone catching the ball down the middle obliterate them and that's yes. why you don't see it a lot you never see tom brady do that you never see tom mm-hmm. brady hit somebody mm-hmm. up the middle unless it's like a leonard fournette and even then he's going towards the side but mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a situation i think matthew's learned um, and, and it's to no fault of Matthew, but it's just something to, you know, you looked at and said, wow, this really shortened Calvin's career. Let's make sure we don't do that again. Let's make sure mm-hmm. we give him every opportunity to get away rather than just get him laid out or get him double covered and stuff like that. But I think yeah. I think that's exactly what Jared's problem was. You saw Cooper kind of getting a little bit banged up because, you know, Jared's getting afraid and he, and he mm-hmm. throws the ball away, even mm-hmm. though he's in double, triple coverage. You know, he's yeah. willing to do that because he's not taking the hits. So I, I, yeah. I do think Jared's a decent quarterback. Um, I just think he was young and he and he wasn't ready for that moment. And I think why they look so good together is because Matthew was ready to win in Detroit and mm-hmm. Cup was ready to win in L.A. But the guys around them weren't. Now that they're together, they're on that same page. And I think that's where the chemistry lies. Yeah, I think um, you have to also consider as far as like um, – and probably you made a good point about um, – about about Cup and Matthew Stafford, but I think you have to also consider that Matthew Stafford is now on a team with a bunch of dogs like he is. Like, and I've, I've mentioned this before, like he's no longer, it's no longer just him and Megatron. It's like he can spread the ball out. Like obviously the him and Cooper Cup, their their connection is incredible. And I mean, that that's the, that's the trust, whether that's the money in the bank, but he can spread the football all over the, all over the field. Like it's not, it doesn't just have to be Cooper Cup. And also I just don't think that Jared Goff was, mentally as sharp as as a um Matthew Stafford which is why I think it makes such a difference and we're seeing such the surgeons from Cooper Cup is because now you have a mentally sharp quarterback who also can sling the ball down the field so it's like that you put you merge those two things together and it's a match made in heaven and as we can see that's why they've been having so much success is because like you said uh with, like you alluded to Mike Matthew Stafford kind of learned from his mistakes in Detroit with Megatron and kind of how that that situation went he brought that knowledge over to to the Rams and the younger guys. Kind of took them took him took them under his wing a little bit. But also, 
just mixing that with the knowledge that he already has just as a as an elite quarterback because Matthew Stafford is an elite quarterback we just didn't get to see that because he was in Detroit you know what I'm saying now he's on a bigger stage and on a better team so now we like, saw okay. him when they were playing on Thanksgiving and that was it yeah. yeah, like, yeah, that's and that was it. So people don't really, really didn't get to see a good sample size of what he could really do. And now we're being able to see that on top of the fact that he has elite people to throw the ball to now. Right. So it's like, you know, it makes that world a difference. Yeah, and again, this is coming from a guy who I thought I thought Matthew Stafford was good, not great. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, that, <laughs> that makes me lose some credibility on some <laughs> level whatsoever because everyone was telling me that he was great. And I'm like, yeah, and I and I think the reason that a lot of people like me was when we saw Detroit, we blamed him. And yeah, I yeah, think I yeah. think that's where we messed up, where we had mm-hmm. to understand that, yeah, does he deserve some blame, of course, because he's a franchise yeah. quarterback, but do, we also need to consider who he's working for. Like, that mm-hmm. front office really didn't do him any favors. They really weren't no. helping him. And I don't want to say they were hurting him, but they weren't helping him either. They kind of was just neutral. They kind of was just like, all right, it is uh, what it is. <laughs> pride, pride, pride. In all honesty, Pride, can you name to me right now the best offensive lineman that was taken in Detroit in the last 20 years? I, mean, 20, I was going to allude to that. The last 20 years is Panay Sewell, and so, they got yeah, him cool. after Matthew Stafford was gone. That's right. the problem. Yeah. With me. You've done more for Jared in the last six months mm-hmm. than you have ever True. The fact that Matthew Stafford is still upright after all the all the, the terrible all the, all the lines that he yeah. that he's had, man. Listen, because and and, and 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 to to your point, we we talk nowadays. We've been talking about how Russ gets hit and how Carson got hit, yeah. and it's like we that yeah, we've been having that conversation, but it's almost as if we kind of forgot that like. The guy who mm-hmm. used to spend mm-hmm. more times on his back than in the pocket was Matthew Stafford. So yeah, it, it he's is running for his life more times than that. <laughs> he's not even that mobile. That's the crazy he's part. Like, right. He's not that mobile, but the guy was out here running a four forty because he knew his life depending yeah. on it. He yeah. knew, yo, I'm gonna take a hit and I'm dying, yo. So like, yeah. it, I mean, I, I'm just the, I, the only thing I really hope one day was when you think of NFL MVP. We stop solely thinking about quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I hope mm-hmm. one day we can get to that. Because I get it. Quarterback is the most important position. I understand mm-hmm. that. But at the same time, there are other guys who, like, like Mike, you said it earlier. Lyman is, like, being an offensive lineman is mm-hmm. probably the most disrespected job mm-hmm. in all of sports. And it's the most important. Hey, that's the crazy part. Because without a <laughs> You, you're, you're going to have a tough time. And what's mm-hmm. crazy about it is Quentin Nelson is one of the best, if not the best lineman yeah. in all of football. And people don't really talk about him like that because, you know what I mean? Like, because, you know, yeah. when you're an offensive lineman, yeah, it's not as sexy as a running back or it's mm-hmm. not as important, quote unquote, as a quarterback. But I, I, my life, my goal in life, I want to see a lineman win that award once. I want to yeah. be able to say I yeah. saw it because – we need to understand something. If you take alignment away from a team, it, it's going to affect them bad. And look, as much as I love Tom Brady, I that is my goal. I love Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Mm-hmm. When he got suspended for four games, we had a solid line, and we were we were looking good with Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Mm-hmm. So it, it goes to show you that, yeah, I understand, you know, the quarterback is the important position. But at the same time, I feel like we – I'm not to say that we need to ignore the quarterbacks. 
at the bare minimum, why don't we just raise some other positions up? Because look, Jamar Chase is having one of, if not the greatest rookie years in the history of the game. Mm. And people are like, oh yeah, cool, it's cool. But then his name is not really coming up, you know? Or mm-hmm. or uh, Mike, because you said Trayvon Diggs. You know, I mean, look, six games, seven picks. Look, man, and I was telling Lane this earlier. I don't care if sometimes he gambles and he gets burnt. Yeah. If you can still get me a pick, yeah. If you can get me a pick a game, mm-hmm. I'll still, I'm, I'm going to put you out there. Because at least mm-hmm. I know, you, listen, you're going to get burnt. But guess what? I know there's what, a, yeah. just as much of a chance there is of you getting burnt. I have an equal chance you're going to get me a pick. Right. A big thing with Diggs, in my opinion, to why he gets burnt is because, and I hate to say it because it's not an excuse, but as a guy who played safety, I've been a part of two championship teams, um, you know, my job solely, and it's I pride myself. Flex, yeah. No, 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 come on, man. Don't get out there, bro. But my big thing, <laughs> thing was, though, in all of those games, you know, I didn't, I wasn't an Eddie Jackson type guy. I wasn't one of those guys going for the picks. I, I, I got them sometimes, you know. It wasn't likely, yeah, yeah. but I got, you know. But my big thing was laying dudes out. And, and when dudes got burnt, you lay them to the ground. And, and that's what you have to do, and that's who you have to be. So Diggs is out there taking these chances to help, you know, turn the ball over mm-hmm. and the safeties behind them. Your number one job is a safety, not to get off topic, but is to make sure nobody's behind you. And the safeties on Dallas, mm-hmm. what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. all of these wide receivers are behind you. And your one job is to stay in front of everybody just in case they get the ball from your corner. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like Diggs is where he gets burnt wouldn't occur if the safeties were truly doing their job. Now, every single mm-hmm. case, I won't say it's the safety's fault because sometimes Dick does make those kind of adjustments, but he's a rookie. Well, he's not, but he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's yeah. not, but it's his first yeah, but he is. year. You know what I mean? Like, your first yeah, he's like year a red shirt. Uh, your first year. Yeah, he's a red shirt. That's a perfect way to put it. He's a red shirt right now. Right, right. And, that, and that's how I look at it. I look at it as your first year in the NFL, you're very careful. This is his first season of being himself and betting on himself. So I definitely mm-hmm. think his mm-hmm. defense needs to understand that, whereas Michael Parsons plays very passive and needs to, you know, find his role in the league. But – to, to your point, like guys like Diggs, you know, that what they're doing, you know, despite them getting burned sometimes, you have to look at it from an overall perspective. Oh, well, why does Justin Fields suck? Oh, because well, he has no O-line, but nobody says that. Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. have, you don't do that on defense. You solely blame the defensive player. And just because mm-hmm. I am one, I'm not trying to say that, you know, we get a bad rep because we do do stupid shit. And, and that's because <laughs> I've, done it. I've done it. I've laid guys out when I shouldn't have and got the penalty. Like, that's that's perfectly fine. Um, but for Diggs's case, I you know we got to start seeing guys defensive player of the year become more of MVP candidates because if you look at their numbers, like what they're doing and the effective turnover rate is so much bigger than Tom Brady, respectfully throwing a four yard pass to Antonio Brown. Like that, that's it's it's totally different. It's true, and at you know at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like you know we Google Gaga over the receivers, like the yeah. D Hops of the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Devontae Adams. And it's like, if there's a corner who can neutralize them, mm-hmm. we need to, like, you know, pay, like, first, like, Jalen Ramsey, I will say this. I'm not I'm not his biggest fan of the world. But the fact that he has not won an MVP blows my mind to this day. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. wild. Because if, if I go and ask you who you think could shut down Devontae Adams and D-Hop yeah. like, back-to-back, like, they right. play, they play, you know, they play the Cardinals week six, then week seven they play the Packers. What quarterback you think could has the best chance of stopping them? Right. Forget best chance. For Jalen Ramsey, his expectation is mm-hmm. to stop them. Like if they score a touchdown, we're looking at him like, 
What are you doing? Yeah, bro? Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so he takes away a whole side of the field. That's, yeah, that's and, the and, crazy thing. He takes away a whole side of the field. Yeah, and, and that's and the thing is is Trey uh, Trayvon Diggs has the potential to do that. Yeah. Because look, I I I I call him the Mac Jones of defenses. He's got a lot of stuff you can't mm-hmm. teach. There's mm-hmm. certain intangibles that he has and possesses already that you can't teach. And it's just some of the, the outs, like the rough work, the stuff you can teach anybody, really. Like, you know, mm-hmm. open your eyes. And obviously IQ, but that just comes with experience. You put the guy out there for long enough, and eventually he's going to start understanding, okay, I'm not going to risk it this time. Yeah. I'm going to risk it the next Like, you know, he'll right, start right. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, I, like, Trayvon Diggs right now, if he can continue this level of play, mm-hmm. he could be the next Jalen Ramsey. Where if you ask, oh, who's the number one corner? That consensus be, yeah. is Jalen Ramsey. Right. You know what I mean? Like that consensus is Jalen Ramsey. I don't think I've ever met a single person who says Jalen Ramsey is not the number one. Is that the number one quarterback? Right. You know, I think this kid has the potential to get there. You know, and you know, it, it's kind of tough for him because he's kind he's setting a bar that's real high. You know what I mean? Like. If he listen, mm-hmm. like now people are expecting him to get at least a pick. Yeah. yeah. If you're a cornerback and people are expecting you to get a pick a game, you're going somewhere. Right. And, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. That's the yeah. problem, though, Pride. That's that's where I feel like he is still young and there is still a lot of I just dropped mm-hmm. him. But that, that is something where, you know, he needs to continue to develop his game. And I'm not saying that he's bad at, at coverage, but what I'm saying is when you get to that point of Jalen Ramsey, you're not going to get the interceptions because guys aren't typically throwing to you. So what I need you to do is just to be glue and, and to stick to your guy and have amazing coverage. Now, that's a lot to ask. I'm asking you to be an interception machine, but they're not throwing to you. I'm asking you to stay in coverage, but you want to take chances. But that's that's what Jalen Ramsey does. So that's really the bar. Um, and me being a former DB, I, I acknowledge that, like, it's it's definitely easier said than done, um, you know, but you have to be able to do that. And, and I definitely think that's a big part of his game. And I'm hoping because he's young, you know, obviously this kid's going to be able to catch the ball. Look at who your brother is. Your brother's Stefan Diggs. You're going to be able to be a great wide receiver type guy. And I think that's why he catches these interceptions is because your brother is Stefan Diggs. And how many times did you practice covering Stefan growing up? So mm-hmm. I definitely think that's you a good have point. that tangible in you. Um, but I need to see you cover better. And that's something I think you didn't have growing up with Stefan. Um, you don't learn anything from him from that aspect. You probably just learn, yeah. you know, the patterns of his breakoffs and, and, and where he comes off. Mm-hmm. As mm-hmm. But you really do need to look at it from that perspective of don't get so caught up in the interceptions because at some point that ball will stop getting thrown to you. And if you're just yeah. getting burned because you're taking chances, it's going to look more. Yeah. 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 But yeah. at the same time, like the way I look at it is like, I think this this year they're gonna get like they're gonna probably he probably you know get more interceptions. Yeah. My mm-hmm. thing is like I'm because when I watch the game, right? Mm-hmm. I watch and goes, okay, if a quarterback has zero interceptions, okay. What did he do though? Like, is it because he was so much like glue that the quarterbacks was just ducking him? Because we've right. seen you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Darrell Revis, he's had a few low interceptions. Yeah. 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 But it's yeah. not because he was a bummer, it was a bad year. Oh, it was just good. because yeah. teams were just like, hey, yo, that's Darrell Revis. All right, adorable. So, so we're gonna all the way over here. Yeah, they're like, who are you? Like, you know what I mean? They were like, yo, listen, bro, like, that's what we're doing. So if I see it like that, I don't really mind, you know? Right. Yeah. I kind of look at it more if you get burned one play, 
That's fine. I look, yeah, I look at it yeah, as, okay, yeah, you yeah. took a chance, you gambled, it didn't work out for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it is what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. But, like, if I look, if, if the thing is that what I want from him, I want him to keep that gambling mentality he has. I just yeah. want him to, you know, be a conservative gambler. Be more along the lines of, you know, I'm not going to gamble every play. There's no mm-hmm. plays I gamble in plays I don't, you know. He also needs to have awareness. And what I mean by that is, you, like you said, Mike, the safety's job is to make sure, and this is something people don't talk about a lot. Hit your sole job is not to get sacked. If you get interceptions, that's cool or whatever. Your main job is to make sure that if the cornerback fails, or if he gets hurt, or if he just you know mistimes something, you're the safety net, and your job is to make sure that if the cornerback you know for some reason can't make the play, you right. make it. He can make that's it. your job. You know what I want to what I want to see from him, and um, I think this is kind of the separation. And like you were saying, probably like putting putting it together, like having the intangibles, and then being able to put it together. I want to see how he responds when he's game plan for. Because there's a difference. There's a difference between people looking at you and saying like, "Oh yeah, he's got potential." And like you said, everybody the, the the just out on him right now is okay. Like he gets burned a lot. He takes a lot of risks. He takes a lot of gambles. But nobody's really like. Okay, we're we're not gonna throw in this position, or we're not gonna call this play, or we're not gonna because right. you know because he's on this side. Nobody's doing that yet. So I want to see like when the game slows down and we get into the like the the latter months of the season, or right. when um, Dallas goes to the playoffs and he's actually being somebody has a week's time to 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 zero in on you and what you do best. Mm-hmm. I want to see how he responds to that, and I think that'll tell the, that'll be the story that tells the tale as far as like what kind of potential he really has because that's when you really see what guys are made of when you're game plan for it. So it's a lot different when they don't see you coming. Right. And that's you, why you get, yeah, you get to make all the mistakes. You get to kind of, you know, dig around a little bit. And, and because nobody is really, nobody's really checking. They are, but they aren't. But once they, once they're right. zero in on you, I want to see how you respond to that. But go ahead, Mike. Right. I, I, that, that was my point though. Like, that's why I call you year one right now. Cause, because you're, you're real year one. No one's game planning for you. You're just trying to find yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to make an open man roster, sure. um, 53 man roster, I should say. But, you know, going into year two, you know, you get this breakout season and you start to say, OK, I have an identity. I know who I am and guys aren't mm-hmm. game planning for me. So I'm going to be able to have an amazing season mm-hmm. you step mm-hmm. into that real year two when teams are game planning for what you're really great at. Exactly. Exactly. And a full sample size to say, this is what Diggs is doing. This is what Diggs is good at. These are the chances he's probably going to try to make. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And, and then you're going to game plan on that. And you might see him get burnt. You see that with the Washington football team. You know, an amazing last season. You know, at their first year with Chase Young, everything was mm-hmm. great. They were very mm-hmm. passive, very aggressive. Um, you know, mm-hmm. they, they were great in coverage. But once you neutralize that and you understand, okay, well, if we stay away from Chase Young, we can really win this game. And I know yeah. it's not as simple as that, but it truly is. So you look at Diggs right here, and, and I definitely see it from a corner's perspective to why he took that chance and why he undercut. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it's definitely something you need to look at it and say, that was a very risky move because right there, that clip, that second one, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where when you start running full speed this way, if that wide receiver is to catch it or you're to understep, he's going right back that way. With all yeah, that. yeah. But we're you, still going you, forward. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, so going and those, those three, yeah. Year three yeah. is going to be a very good year for mm-hmm. uh, to prove Diggs and, and how good he really is. Yeah. yeah, because you can't take those kind of risks with like a quarterback like a Tom Brady or like a Matthew no. Stafford or or Joe or Joe Burrow once he kind of you know because I mean Joe Burrow's still young too so once he kind of figures to put his right. integrity mm-hmm. together or Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes like you can't take those kind of risks because they're smart enough to know he's going to undercut this 
So all I have to do is throw it behind him. If I throw it behind him, my receiver's out of there. I just got to get there. Right. So that's so what I mean. Like, what's the game plan yeah. for those risks? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is I anticipate when he does get game plan for it, he's going to struggle in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And I feel like the yeah. struggle for him isn't because he's doing the wrong thing. No. I think it's going to be him understanding. I got to cut back on yeah, the, yeah. those risks. Because honestly, yeah. if, if once he becomes a number one and they game plan for him and he cuts back on that, look, the way this kid be opening up his hips. That's mm-hmm. something that, like, this dude, like, he go, he opens up his hips. He doesn't really get broken down easily, like, unless you're mm-hmm. an elite yeah. outrunner. And even then, you know, he'll try to keep up with you. When it comes to penalties, he, he doesn't really call, like, you know, mm-hmm. as much, which has kind of mm-hmm. has been a problem for Dallas the last few years yeah. where mm-hmm. those, crucial, those crucial plays, they end up getting a play called on him. So he's got the IQ. He's got all this stuff. And honestly, like I said, let him play how he's playing now. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure that's a consensus between us. Keep letting him play like that. And then when he's the number one, try to work on making sure he doesn't, you know, overly, you know, do overwritten. If he does, it is what it is. If he only gets burned once, maybe twice a game. Look, I'm good with that as long as it's not those crucial plays. That's yeah, all. You know what I mean? Like, sure. if, if it's just some random play in the first quarter that he gambled, missed, and they end up getting a touchdown, it is what it is. I'm not going to kill you. can recover that, yeah. You can, yeah, you can recover that. from that, you know? So it's just, you know, and like I said, he's not dumb. So I feel like him being able to to transition to being less risky, I think that would just come natural to him. Because the guy's not dumb, you know what I mean? Like, right. he's a pretty smart dude. So in terms of that, I, I think there's absolutely going to be no issues with him. Speaking of issues, Houston's down bad right now. They are uh, oh, 6-2. Yeah. bro, they got mild. And it's sad because, listen, bro, I'm a Boston boy. Um, I'm mad that we lost. I almost punched my TV this close. <laughs> I, I put money on it. I thought we were going to win. I really did. Oh, yeah, dude. I thought we were going to win. But it, just, it, it's it, different when you put money on it. it oh, yeah, oh, hey, way different. Hey, way different. <laughs> oh, so there with the – whoa. Look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, when I found out Ronald Acuna was going to be out – by the way, Morton's out now, which – and he got injured. He started apologizing. And I'm like, bro, you are a tough hombre. I'm going to tell you that right now. But um, it – I had n- – I'm gonna sound crazy. I had no faith in this Braves team. I'm gonna keep it a book. I thought when in, in the walk when it was um, when it was Milwaukee versus Atlanta, my thing was, bro, they're just playing to see who's gonna get swept by the Dodgers. That's kind of how my whole thing was, mm-hmm. right? And then, and even though people want to say they won because of the injuries, I don't think so. I think the Braves came out look before the injuries truly hit. They were down three one. And unless unless you're the greatest basketball player in God's green earth, you're not coming down three one. I'm just throwing. Hello. That out there. So I'm just throwing that out there. But now that Atlanta, they're on a roll. They got game one. Mike, is this basically it? Is this really it, or do you think Houston has a chance? This is Atlanta's series to win. This is their series to win. Mm. I like you said, like I said, like you said, actually, Pride is that I thought the Dodgers were going to win too. Personally, I thought that they were going to go to the World Series and it was just going to be who's going to, like you said, who's going to lose to the Dodgers. But this Braves team, they they started rolling and started clicking at the perfect time. And and it, one thing as a sports fan, you know, when you watch a team, as as much as it is about the players and how they play and all of those things, it's a it's a matter of timing and who can click at the right time. Right. And this Braves team started clicking at the perfect time, right when 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 the you know their backs were against the wall and the chips were down. They they rallied together and they they've been through the adversity. They've overcome it. They beat the best team in baseball, in my in my personal opinion. 
So it's it's their series to win. Like it's their it's their series to win. Like if they lose, it it it's gonna be more shocking than anything because I don't I don't see Houston beating the Braves honestly and truly if they keep playing the way that they're playing right now. But that's just my personal opinion. Go ahead, Mike. I mean, it's it, it's it's hard. It's hard because of the way I've seen Houston play all season long, and especially mm-hmm. during the playoffs. You know, you kind of start off slow against the White yeah. Sox. You start off slow against the Red Sox. Um, and I, I, I even talked about it on my podcast today that where I was talking about how I, I view it more of a LeBron James type mentality for them right now, where it's game one, you know, mm-hmm. it, they're not going to look great. They're not going to click. Yeah. They're trying to get a feeling of what this series is going to be, gonna be like, um, yeah. get underneath them. And they're trying to figure out, you know, the atmosphere and everything that's going on. Um, you know, this year they don't have the buzzers. They don't have the trash cans. They don't have all this stuff going on with them. But my biggest thing is, and I've said it, you know, they cheated. Point blank period, they cheated. Uh, that 2017 season is tainted. But I truly didn't feel like they needed that. I truly felt yeah, like the yeah. game is yeah. World Series caliber. I felt like at mm-hmm. the time they could have gone the distance, you know, especially the tragedies that were going on in Houston in 2017 with the hurricanes mm-hmm. and everything that was mm-hmm. going on. America had Houston's back during that season. No one gave For a sure. shit about the Dodgers. No one wanted the Dodgers. Yeah, no, not at, all. Dodgers fan. Like, not at all. That was, that was just how it was. Everyone was happy for Houston at the time, and we forget that. But I don't think they needed the cheat, um, and, and I think you're starting to see that. Now, the problem is this team can get there, and, and we all know they can get there. But the when they cheated was especially in crunch time, and, and, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we're seeing now is yep. when they finish, with, especially without McCullers. And McCullers was huge for the White Sox series. Series, um, mm-hmm. very huge and, and, and the fact that he's out it, it's going to be huge and you know Morton's out and Ronald Acuna Jr. is without a doubt one of my favorite baseball players I've seen him play at Wrigley Field against the Cubs he's one of those guys that you, you will heavily miss and, and I'm very upset that he's not there because him and Ozzy would be going crazy right now but mm-hmm. you look at the Houston side of things you know George Springer's obviously still gone. You know, like Verlander, I don't remember the situation, but he wasn't asked to join the team. Something happened with Verlander. I have no idea. Um, but it's it's a weird situation. They're missing guys. I love Dusty. I got mad love for Dusty Baker. I always will. Shytown forever. Um, but he, he's one of those guys. And in all respect to everybody, though, I, it's just great to see an old black man get, get success and, and get the privilege that he has because we all know Absolutely. baseball – throughout the years as very white dominated throughout the media. And, and you're starting to see guys like Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei Otani, and many others, you know, start to break that barrier. So to see Dusty mm-hmm. do this at 76, 77 years old, it's amazing. Um, but mm-hmm. I definitely think this is, you know, a very telling uh, series now. And, and I think it's just the fact that it's up in the air. And I think mm-hmm. that's because of the fact of what happened with Charlie yesterday and, if the Braves can win today, I, I I think it's safe to say that you know okay you have a good lead. But if the if if uh, Houston takes it, okay, who's replacing Charlie now? And and I don't know how that's gonna go. Mm. You really have to figure out that rotation fast because if it's a one on one series, you have to account for Charlie. You know you, you have to account for the guy who's replacing him. Can you trust that bullpen? I really don't know. Uh, we got a lot of former Cubs on this team. You got Jock Peterson. You got Jorge Soler. Um, so so sad. Wilson Contreras' little brother's on there. I'm rooting for him. I got ATL all the way, but I can definitely see Houston doing this. Yeah, um, hmm. I, I, I got Houston. And the reason I have Houston, a couple of reasons. First and foremost, if they win, we could say that, you know, we gave them a good fight. And it, it, that's kind of my cop out as a Red yeah. Sox game. That's kind of a feather in my cap. <laughs> you lost to the champs. Like, exactly. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Kind of yeah. But, oh, yeah. Fair assessment. 
Right. But I will say this. This is the year that Houston desperately needs to prove. Because I'm, I'm one of the few people who believe, and Mike, I think you're with me on this, in 2017, they should have won. I think I'm not, I think you're with us on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's for sure. 2017, yeah. I think if they had not cheated, they would have won. I yeah, genuinely yeah. believe that. Yeah. I think this so is where this is their chance to prove it. This mm-hmm. is their chance to say, look, we did what we did in 2017, but guess what? Don't matter. Lick me from the back. We would have won anyway. That's kind of, you know what I mean? Here's the problem. They, their best pitcher right now is Zach Greinke, an old Zach Greinke who's not that guy anymore. He can still right. produce, don't get it wrong, but he's really not that guy anymore. So that's you. they need to come in and they need to be offense-orientated. Right. They need to be putting up five to six runs a game to even have a chance. You know what I mean? Eddie Rosario, for some unknown reason, we need a drug test this, man. I don't I, – I, <laughs> he, he, he definitely will be drug tested. Oh, my God. 100%. Listen, I'm, if Miles Jack's diesel self is getting drug tested for sleeveless, I need Eddie Rosario drug tested because this dude just woke up, realized it was postseason, and just turned up for no reason. This dude no, – Yeah, yeah. He's the hottest batter, and and honestly, if you asked me a couple years ago who the hottest batter was, I would have said Kike Hernandez. But right behind him, and when I say right behind him, I literally mean Kike could smell his breath would be Eddie Rosario. This dude just woke up and just was like, "Yeah, you know what? I want I want to be lit now." And he's been yeah. <laughs> off the cover ever since. Right. And. Mm-hmm. He's going to get all, a bag. He's going to get a bag. Oh, 100%. He yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. for me, here's what it really is going to come down to. If Houston can come out and put game one behind them. Right. Mm-hmm. The reason they almost lost to the Boston Red Sox, I think it was game three, we hung up 12 on them. Mm-hmm. And, like, in their mind, they, they you could just look at them. They were rampant. They kind of was just frustrated and angry and all that stuff. I kind of, towards the end of the game, more so from Carlos Correa, I saw that. And my thing is, bro, you lost 6-2. It didn't get to double digits. You shouldn't be that You shouldn't be that angry and that dejected because, first and foremost, not only is it game one, like you said, Mike, this is, listen, they haven't really played each other like that. So this was basically, if, like, Morning was one of, if not Atlanta's best pitcher. Like, Charlie was their guy. So, you you kind of have a vibe for him. You're feeling it out. If you lose game one, it is what it is. Let's see, you know, some adjustments. The fact that I saw them walking off the field, if I didn't know better, they just got swept. And I'm like, I understand you guys are upset you lost game one. I would be upset as well, though, when it twisted. But to act as if all of a sudden you guys have no chance, that's alarming for me. Right. That really is because again, this is an emotional team. This is a team that when like when they're ecstatic and they're rowdy, it shows on the it shows on the field. Right. Like there have been multiple times where like Zach Greinke will get a, a strikeout, and you just see him, you know, his old self with a walker, just casually, you know, limping <laughs> his to the dugout, and you just see like Jose Altuve screaming up a storm, look like he's about to burst a, a vein in his neck, and Carlos Correa is like trying to get him. Like that's what you guys need. Even Alex Bregman. Like you, that you guys are an emotional team, and you need to ride that momentum. You guys mm-hmm. can't just be down, going down 0 And again, I understand if you want to be upset, you lost. Not only did the Braves lose their best pitcher, in my opinion, 
Not only did they just lose that, but it, like with their best pitch, bro, that game you only, you only you scored twice. You had opportunities to score more. So it's not like you guys were just being held at will and couldn't do anything. You guys had opportunities. And at the end of the day, if you really watch the game, it all came down to one thing. And crucial and parts of the uh, and except for the home run by uh, by uh, Soler, outside of that, it all really came down to a couple plays here and there that ended up moving the the men on base. Right. And I know that sounds corny to say, but what I mean by that is when when you have a guy on base as a pitcher, as a guy like because I, I I've pitched, I was never a starter because I hated I hated starting because I felt like that was too much pressure. I always felt like being a reliever was the easiest thing to do, right? Because the tone was already set. You just show up and you pitch, right? As a reliever, I was always told, don't look at the bases. Don't look at them. Because um, unless you're a lefty and you got a vicious pickoff game, do not look at the bases. You do not concern yourself with the bases because you should only be focusing on the plate and occasionally drop into a knee in case someone's stealing or the catcher wants to try something. That's really it. And I'm seeing these guys looking, looking, and I'm like, there was a there was a couple pitches where they're looking and the bases are empty. And I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, mm-hmm. they're already in your head. So I'm concerned for Houston. I'm not giving up. I think they're fine. I think like you right. said, I, I think it comes down to this game too. If they come yeah. out with that same energy of that whole, uh, um, then it, yeah. it's going to be an ugly. It's season. over, yeah. Because this this Atlanta Braves team can get hot with the best of, best of the team. Like when they get hot, they are scorching. They're on fire. So if Houston comes out lackadaisical and they, like you said, they don't come out with energy and they kind of hold home around, Atlanta's going to run them out, running them, run them off the field because they're they're a type of they're a type of a team. They when they smell blood in the water, they capitalize. Especially we saw yeah. it with the Dodgers series. Like once they once they they figured it out and they started clicking, it was pretty much over after that. Yeah, and before um, and before I let you go, Mike, because you said that that the Braves are like you know like a very hot team. So is Houston. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Is, and you know yeah. what I mean. Like so, if I'm Atlanta, I don't get too ecstatic over this win. Because yeah, obviously, no. gonna be yeah, yeah. Like you got to play it safe. Yeah, you got to play yeah, it safe. But you also got to be smart. Understand, yo, these dudes could all of a sudden, you know, pop up out of nowhere. But again, if you are, if if you are here, if you're, if you're, if you're Houston, you need to understand. Yeah, they can get hot, but we can go nuclear. We also have that potential. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, like because we've seen it. Granted, it was uh, in the Red Sox series. Even though it was the end of the game, they came out. And they hit two back-to-back homers. Right. So that, that just shows you, bro, like you guys have this potential to be able to snap out of that funk. Now, if you guys mm-hmm. allow yourselves to, that's to really what it's going to come down to. And, right. again, I, I have Houston in six. I'm still holding on to that. But to your point, Mike, this game, too, I'm not going to say it's must-win, but it's, but it's, it's critical. Very, yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be big. And, and I feel like prior to your point is, you know, why they look that way. I felt like personally it was because of Valdez's performance. You know, you saw how he performed in game five against Boston. You saw how he performed against the White Sox. And that was big. Um, so I think they counted on that. I think they counted on taking game one, knowing McCullers isn't there. Again, knowing Verlander isn't there and knowing Granke isn't who he used to be. Um, you know, you know that this rotation is is definitely tampered with. You know, you don't have Garrett Cole anymore. You don't have one of the best pitchers in baseball. So you definitely do need to account on that. And I think they definitely did look at it as if we can take game one with Valdez, we're in a great spot because Morton truly is, in my opinion, one of those guys that is is one of the best to go against. 
Um, so if you can beat if you can beat them with Morton, I, I think you can take anybody in this Braves rotation. Um, but it, I, I do think that you know that was where that came from. I think they were just frustrated with it. Um, and I also look at it from Morton being a previous member of the Houston Astros. You know, you see this guy go down, you see him get injured, he breaks his femur and, and still throws ten pitches. He's a dog. Um, but that's that's He's a dog, mm-hmm. and also, they said he'll be all right by spring training, but he's out the rest of the series. Um, but it, I, I think there was a lot to go in that, a lot of emotion. Um, but definitely Valdez not having a good performance, I think, was a big part of that. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. They played tonight. Um, I, I got Houston winning. I think it's going to be kind of – it's going to be an opposite. I think it's going to be where we're going to look at Houston's going to do their thing. They're going to dominate. And we're going to be like, okay, it's fine. It was that one game. But, again, like I said, this is very critical. If Atlanta comes out, it's going to be – I'm not like I said, it's not going to be – I'm not going to – I'm going to be concerned because now it's going to seem like if they come out two times in a row with, like, you know, this, this low energy, it's now going to come across as if Atlanta's in their head. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. once I, – I don't want to – I hope that doesn't happen. Time will tell. But – I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just mad because if we were there, we, we would have swept any team. <laughs> is, uh, we would have swept any team. Speaking of Spoken sweet, like a true Red Sox. Oh, 100%. We, come on. I'm a Red Sox. It's got to be some delusion. Kawhi Leonard. This, I had this for, for both of y'all, right? So I'm not going to say no names. Yeah, I'm not going to say no names. You feel me? Um, I, I, I was on an on unnamed show, um, you know, a little, a little bit ago. <laughs> and, um, Again, I don't want to say names. Um, you know, uh, ASAP, I was on ASAP Real Talk, and um, again, people who won't be named. Um, hold on, let me because I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm dry snitching. I'm dry snitching today. Uh, my okay. trap. I'm dry snitching out here, bro. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard's name just stumbled. I can't remember what we we're talking about, but his name just stumbled out there. And um, Alana, you had the nerve. Well, I wasn't even there. I don't know. I know, I know but, but Mike, you I came in. You came in and had her back, so you need to wear it. You came out and you said Kawhi Leonard is not a superstar. Indeed. I was in in your doubling down. I'm scared. Mike came in and you you backed her up. And I want to start with Elena. And then after she's done, Mike, you'll have the floor. You guys will have as long as you want to plead your case. Okay. And Elena, we're going to start with you. Okay. Plead your case on why Kawhi Leonard, the cyborg, the cornwall wearing man mm-hmm. that plays for the Clippers, Indeed. is not a superstar. Okay. So here's the thing. I want to start. I want to preface this by saying that when I say what I say, I'm not saying that I think Kawhi is a terrible player or I think he's trash or that uh-huh. he's not good or any or that he's not even a star. To to say, I just think for me. When I when I think superstar, when I say the word superstar, there are certain qualifications and certain things that I need to see from a player in order for me to put him in that category. Now, for me, for Cole, like I said, as, I, as far as it pertains to Kawhi, and I, I believe Shannon Sharp alluded to this, and it, it kind of made me wonder, is that it's different when you go from being the hunter to the hunted. And superstars are able to kind of differentiate between the two, and they, they can – perform under under any circumstances whether the hunter or the hunted they perform they rise to the occasion that's a part of being a superstar to me now as it pertains to Kawhi, when he was the hunter 
we we saw the, the honestly we saw the best version of Kawhi in my honest in my honest opinion when when he uh, like I was speaking on with Trayvon Diggs when you're under the radar and you're not game plan for it and you're not casted into that spotlight and people are expect have expectations of you it's a lot easier for you to to be a superstar caliber player or to be kind of you know casted in, in that circle but once you become a center target of that and, and people are starting to game plan for you and you're expected to rise to the occasion and you're expected to um seize that moment it becomes a lot different and i just don't think that Kawhi has performed well enough in those moments to be considered a superstar my, myself personally and this has taken out the whole load managing and him not being available for 30 40 games every season like i'm not even considering that now that's a, of course that's probably a small portion of it but that's not my my sole reason I'm just saying if you take the superstars who we've seen lead their teams and, and seen be the main guy and be the alpha male, if you put Kawhi in those same situations, are those teams as successful? Now, that's not to say Kawhi won't have his own success because Kawhi, like I said, I think Kawhi's a good player. I'm just saying as a superstar, you should be able to put that team on your back and carry that load. And I just don't think Kawhi is capable of that. And that's just not even, like I said, that's not even having anything to do with him being hurt a lot or the load managing. I'm just saying that skill-wise and mindset-wise, I don't think he has the the talent that separates him from the pack. Like I said, he kind of falls in the in the sense, and I, I don't really want to compare these two because I think he's a little bit better, but he kind of falls in the sense of like a Paul George because we know Paul George is, is good. He's really good. Like we all know Paul George would be really, really good, but when it, when it really matters and he's the, he's the sole piece and he has to be the guy to take you to the promised land, he can't do it, and neither can Kawhi. So it's like, I, I just, I can't put him in a superstar caliber. And then people will say like, oh, well, you know, if, if I mentioned LeBron, Jordan, or Kobe, it was like, well, you can't compare Kawhi to that. Well, if he's a superstar, if you're a superstar, you got to be compared to that. And if we take somebody like KD, we can put, we can throw KD in with LeBron and with, with Jordan and Kobe. And people will be like, yeah, that makes sense because KD has proven what he can do in those moments. Kawhi hasn't had enough of those moments for me. Everything has kind of been set up for Kawhi in like imperfect positioning. And I know that's not Kawhi's fault. But that's just kind of how the trajectory of his career has gone. Um, like I said, when he first got to the Spurs, he was with Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili. Prime Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, and Manu Ginobili. My, my, may I mention, prime. So when you get to play behind those guys, yeah, you're going you gonna to look a lot better because they have the, you have the other team has to account for those three. They're not even expecting you. So the fact that you come, you the, you the, you the cherry on top. You the sprinkles on top of the cake. You ain't, you ain't the main ingredients, though. When he went to Toronto, even with that Toronto team, he wasn't the leader of that. And now he was the best player in that team. Don't get me wrong, because, I mean, Kyle Lowry is not Kawhi Leonard. Like, let's not get misconstrued. But he wasn't he wasn't the sole, like, the, the driving force behind that team. Because, again, Kyle Lowry is such a, just a, a basketball savant and such a, a, a really good point guard that you had to account for that. So, again, he gets to play behind somebody else. We've never seen him in that in a situation where he has to be the, the sole focal point of the team to lead his team. So then again, you uh, you plan him behind somebody else, then you go to the Clippers, you ask for all these demands. I'm not coming unless you get Paul George. Why? Because if things go wrong, who are people naturally going to blame? Paul Why? George, not Kawhi Leonard. They're not gonna no 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 no. They're not gonna play blame Kawhi Leonard because he's such the cyborg and he and he's all of these things. When 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 the chips failed, who did they say choked the most? Paul George or Kawhi Leonard? They Kawhi. said Paul George. No, it, it, I mean, honestly, honestly, it, it, it probably, not that you said that, probably, it probably was a little bit neck and neck because they both kind of, they both kind of caught the flack, um, especially in the bubble, like when they had the 3-1 lead on Denver and then then last year they put, they kind of both caught the flag. But even then, like, 
Kawhi made some very questionable decisions in last year's playoffs, and everybody still was looking at Paul George like, where, like, where was he at? And it's like that's that's not fair to him because it wasn't all on him. Kawhi, if he if he's a superstar that I'm told he is, should have there shouldn't have been no question and no doubt. If you got Rajon Rondo, who don't even who's not even a great shooter, is looking at you sideways, questioning you, there's a problem. There's an issue. So I and that was a bad shot. That was that was yeah, a and, and, no, absolutely. So he deserves a black like, on that one. He deserves for sure. Like. And I, I just don't think that. And also, when you think of superstar, and LeBron had this problem up until he didn't, is that when you think of superstar, that you have to prove yourself. You have to prove yourself in those and those down, like those those crutch moments, those those moments where you have to, like I said, lead your team to the promised land. Have we seen enough Kawhi to, to see the him to, to see him do that? Because Kawhi's not a great clutch performer. Now, as far as like over in like when the in, in the totality of the fourth quarter, sure. But in those last couple minutes, he's not the person that, that the ball is in their hands. Like he's not that he's not that guy. And even and even a skip Bayless guy who loves Kawhi, he'll say that himself. He's not a great two minute under two minutes. That's not where he excels. Now he can lead you up to those two minutes. That's that's you know, that's a given. But when it comes down to who's going to make the decision and who's going to take the shot or who's going to be the guy to kind of to send it over the edge and put the nail in the coffin, Kawhi ain't that dude. He's proven that he's not. He's not. He's not a great decision maker in those clutch moments. And there's there's tape to prove it. There's tape to prove it. So I I just feel like there's just so many there's just so many things. There's a lot of loopholes. I guess is in my whole argument is what I'm saying is there's a lot of loopholes as to why to me Kawhi Leonard is not a superstar. There's just, just, there's just too many strings you got to tie together to, to, to kind of make it in its totality. And that's that's the issue that I have with Kawhi. Okay. All right, Mike, floor's yours. Go ahead. Uh, I will say whereas Kawhi hasn't had the most clutch moments, um, that, that Philly series definitely did solidify to me that he can do it. Um, it just not at an effective rate like Elena's saying. But I, I definitely do give Kawhi props because that was one hell of a shot. Um, and, and being a huge Jimmy Butler supporter, that man broke my heart that night. Um, so, you know, and JJ Redick, but um, the rest of them I don't care for. But it, it definitely is uh, something with Kawhi. I, I I treat him the way he should be treated, and I treat him the way um, that I feel like a lot of the league doesn't. You know, you you look at Derrick Rose, you look at Clay Thompson, you look at guys who have gotten injured and have missed back-to-back seasons and have missed seasons. Um, and a lot of playing time due to load management and due to so much. Now, like I said on the ASAP network, you know, I, I truly do think Kawhi Leonard is a superstar. I think talent-wise, tangible-wise, um, not so much leadership-wise, but you don't need to be a leader to be a superstar. That's <laughs> incorrect, um, a false narrative. But, you know, I definitely think he is one of the best defenders in the league. I definitely do think he's a great scorer. Um, and I definitely do think there's a lot of people that hate on Kawhi. Now, me personally, why I say I don't – consider him a superstar right now is because of the unknowns. And 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 I think it's because, you know, you, you look at what he did and, and Elena made a great point. You know, he wasn't a, a star on that Spurs team. Now, uh, again, he had Bron cussing himself out. He had Bron pissed during those and, and Bron still averaged 28 points per game during that series, but he definitely did give Bron a hard time. And I give him that credit and I give him that, you know, pedigree that you know you did win two NBA championships you brought the first one to Toronto so I'll I'll do power to you you know I I respect you for it here's my problem if KD and Clay don't go down and you don't make that shot against Philly I don't think we're talking about Kawhi Leonard the way we are talking about and there's a lot there's a lot into that though I I think that's unfair because you could say and if and what's and buts about everybody 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, what if they, this person didn't make that shot? What if he didn't block him? What if Bron didn't block them in the, in the Cleveland Warriors game? You know, what would have happened if he didn't block that shot? If Kyrie didn't hit the shot, you know, would mm-hmm. we be talking about them differently? You definitely do. My problem with Kawhi is I don't know, for a superstar, to me at least, you need to be that guy. And, and you need to be out there and you need to be able to be there with your teammates. The problem with Kawhi is more of, you know, I saw you in so much load management, you're missing 30 plus games this season, 20 to 30 plus games, which is perfectly fine. If you don't feel 100%, that's fine. Where I was coming from was more of you just tore your ACL. You know, you're already in your 30s and you've already been missing 30 plus games. So what I'm saying is when I see Kawhi Leonard come back, how much load management is Kawhi really going to be on? You know, that was a joke I made, but it was a serious question at the same time. Are we going to see Kawhi play once or twice a week? Like, is it going to look like that? What is it going to look like? If you are a superstar, I need to see you on the floor the majority of the night leading that team. I can't see you riding coattails and just going off your talent when you feel like it. Like, to me, Kobe Bryant, you know, played through so many injuries. Um, and, and you saw Bron do it, and you've seen in a young age. Now Bron, you know, understands, you know, you know, at this age, it's it's understandable, and especially with this high-powered team, you can do things like that. But at a young age, you didn't see Bron miss a lot of games. You didn't see Jordan miss a lot of games, and that's because there's people from all around the world coming to see you. And and if I go to a game all the way in Toronto, if I fly there, Pride, go to Toronto in 2018 to go watch Kawhi Leonard play, and I find out that the only reason he's not playing is because he doesn't feel like it. I feel like you lose that credibility. You're still a superstar talent, but are you a superstar in in, in the world of the NBA? I, I definitely think, you know, you look at it from that perspective and you need to be able to night in and night out, show the world that you are there and you are present. Whereas Kawhi, you know, with the team, with the Clippers, you saw how Patrick Beverly and so many others who are all currently off the team, might have to point that out as well, um, you know, we're complaining about him being late to practices, mm-hmm. being late to plane rides and bus rides <laughs> to hold up everything for him. Bless you. Uh, but, you know, it, it's definitely something you look at it from that perspective. And you have to understand that as great as he is, I just think the best ability is availability. And, and Kawhi mm-hmm. is not available. And, and, and I have the same thing. I'm a huge Clay Thompson fan. But you need to understand that until I see Clay come back and be that guy on both sides of the floor, I can't call him the superstar again until you prove that to me. Because it's been two years. You know, the last time, you know, there's that there's that crazy uh, statistic out there that Jimmy Butler was a 76er and and uh, Russ was still with OKC or something crazy the last time that Clay Thompson played a game in the, in, in the mm-hmm. NBA. Um, mm-hmm. So it's definitely something you need to take in consideration. Now, Kawhi's a little bit different. He hasn't missed mm-hmm. two years in a row. But he hasn't played a fully healthy season in God knows how long. So that's Since my he thing. started, honestly. Now, right. A superstar caliber guy, his game speaks for itself. It's superstar level. But him as a person, I think, kind of degrades that and it, and it kind of lessens that. I think he's a superstar player. Um, I just think, you know, his mind and the way he goes about it, I don't give him that superstar pedigree that I would other individuals. All right. So... <clears throat> I just so first and foremost, when it comes to him being available, I agree with you that availability is the best availability. Mm-hmm. I'm with you there, but if we're gonna call Joel Embiid a superstar, I did it. Call that that's kind of my thing. Like, oh, you can hear me? I did. Oh, no, oh, y'all sorry. can. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, no, I just okay. um, yeah, but that's just my thing. Like, if we're gonna call Joel Embiid a superstar, and he's never played over 65 games, Kawhi Leonard has done that multiple times in his career. 
Right. I mean, but I, I never called Joel and No, I did. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not saying health wise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, and yeah. I understand about the whole load management. I, look, I'm not the biggest fan on load management. I don't like it. I feel like if you're healthy, you should go out and play. So I'm with you guys there. I, I genuinely do believe that. Um, but at the same time, we're talking about a guy who, you know, not only like, yeah, he's 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 been the, the whole load management thing. But we, we got to stop pretending like he just came in the league and was like that. Like the, the load management, if you if you want to hold that against him, then we need to hold that against um, hold it against Tim Duncan. We also need to hold it against Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili. They start they they started that. Yeah, you're the, right. the Spurs was kind of and, and and the thing is, people don't really know why the Spurs last as long as they did. Well, it's pretty simple because of load management. Because Pop was willing to sacrifice a few games here and there to rest the starters. So come playoffs. He was able to go, look, we're, now we're going full steam ahead. You guys had your rest, and this is where we're going for. Right. But Kawhi Leonard dropped a 3-1, okay? Not going to defend it. That was horrible. Him and Paul George, Doc Rivers, the entire team as a whole failed. Period. Mm-hmm. They, they all have something to do with it. So I'm going to give mm-hmm. you that there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when they when – they, like the games that they've won, Kawhi Leonard was frankly – far and away their best player right it wasn't even close it's to the point where he um i believe it i don't think it was last year. i think it was the year before last when they won every game they won in the fourth quarter most specifically in the final eight minutes of every fourth quarter Kawhi leonard had and, and all the games they won had a total of 16 field goals right and ask me how many did he miss not one he had seven free throws how many did he miss not one. And all and, and these things are coming at the end of the uh, at the of the fourth quarter, the last eight minutes. And he's taking shots at the eight minute mark. He's taking shots within the two minute mark because there were for all the shots that he can't do. There's been multiple games that ended on a Kawhi Leonard free throw. Now I'm not going to bring up the 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 seventy six the the Sixers win because that's kind of the one people usually go to. But if you go back to the San Antonio days, there were times where they called on his number, and there have been times where they ran plays for him. And he made them. And there have been, it's more specifically mid-range. Because Kawhi Leonard loves shooting the mid-range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, where he's yeah. yeah, like, you know what yeah. I mean? And to touch on your point about that that stupid corner three-point shot he shot when Rondo got in his face, I'm not going to defend that because that was a stupid that He got it and waited for the defense to come, and then he shot it. So I, yeah. I not only is that dumb on him, but I support Rondo getting in his face because that was a stupid shot. That was mm-hmm. a stupid shot, and and I, I I just I was hoping one of them was like up because I'm very curious to hear the excuse mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I, I want to know like why do you think this was a good shot? And Mike, I was telling Elena this. I'm not a huge Kawhi Leonard fan. I'm me not. Me. I like him, but but you like she's making me have to think <laughs> too. No, no, you two. I I, I can't yeah. be looking at you. Just, you guys are going <laughs> defend him when I'm really not the biggest fan of his. Like yeah. like look, ever since he's came into the league. Right, since the 2015-2016 season, he's averaged nothing under 20 points per game. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that was my point, right? That was my point to why I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's why I said, you know, on the network too, Kawhi Leonard was, in my opinion, a superstar. He definitely was that guy. But after the ACL injury, there's a lot of questions I have about how available is he going to be even after that. And and also, pride to you know, we're talking about playoffs. What bothered me the most was if you look back at last year's series and, and, and throughout the entire thing, their best player, could you name him for me? It was, it was Terrence Mann. 
It was Terrence yeah. Mann doing his thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't PG. It wasn't Kawhi. The guy. Yeah, he he came in clutch a lot of times for them. Oh, oh, well, here's the thing. I I'm not gonna say Terrence Mann was their best player, but I will. No, you say, I will you look at it and you say who was the most. He was one of. He was probably guy. their best performer. It was, it was Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann. In the clutch, I will. I will. I'll meet you guys in the middle and say in the clutch because there were some great. Performances, yeah, Terrence, and his, especially yeah. when it came to crunch time. Yeah. That he Honestly, they, I don't, they don't, yeah. They so don't I mean, make it out of the first round without Terrence Mann. Right. If they don't and have Terrence Mann, they don't make it out of the first round. You can make that, you can make that argument. Right. Yeah. And that's my problem, though, Pride, because it's like, it, it's not just on Kawhi. That's on PG. And and honestly, yeah, that's for on sure, Pat for Bev. Sure. For all that shit Pat Bev talks, you're not that guy either. So, you know, I, I not it, that it dude. Make sense not to me. That you know, you have these guys getting paid so much money, and the guy at the end of the day to step up is Terrence Mann, which I understand. Terrence Mann, you know, might get that Kawhi treatment now. You know, a young Kawhi Leonard to the point where, yeah. you know, he's surrounded by great talent, and maybe this elevates his career later on. And maybe one day we're talking about Terrence Mann the way we're talking about Kawhi. That's not saying yeah. that he will, but it's saying he's very young. So we'll he see has what potential, happens. Yeah, guys yeah. step up. Um, but the fact that they weren't willing to step up to me is what bothers yeah. me. And and I think that mm-hmm. Kawhi to me was a top five player during that Toronto year, and, and definitely was you know a great player prior to that, and he was a superstar. Um, mm-hmm. But where I look at it is you know when Derrick Rose goes down with those ACL injuries, you have a lot of people saying he's done. You have a lot of people saying this, this, and that. And and I won't let Kawhi Leonard slide like that. I won't let anyone slide like that because the way they treated Clay, the way they treated Rose, the way they treated Russ after his injuries and so many mm-hmm. others. And CP3, CP3, Melo, so many others you have questions about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so I definitely need to see how Kawhi comes back. As of right now, because of what I've seen from the past, and especially now after a 30-plus-year-old tearing his ACL who was already on load management to begin with, mm-hmm. and wouldn't feel comfortable playing if he wasn't 100 percent that first year after an acl tear i think we can all agree you don't play great until your second year off of it so i'm really curious to see how Kawhi plays after that first year will he have a superstar caliber Mm -hmm. year or will it just be like Kawhi trying to get his foot back in the door so i can't say anything until i see Kawhi. now was he a superstar without a doubt i never said he wasn't um and joel Embiid, again to your point i think he's on his way I don't think he's there yet. Again, superstar talent, um, but I need to see him officially take that step. And I think him just shitting on Ben and taking that role as the number one guy definitely does help. That, that kind of post. And that's kind of, I guess, more, I should have elaborated a little bit more when I said Joel was and Kawhi wasn't is because he he's in that he's in a prime position right now to take that next step because of the Ben Simmons drama and everything that's going on. Because now it's, it's solely on him. So now we're going to see what, Joel Embiid is made of because now he put it out there like, look, I don't really care if this dude is here or not. I'm going to do what I have to do. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I know what kind of player I am. So I'm just going to elevate my game and my teammates, and we're just going to see how it works. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic works. But like I said, I guess my biggest issue with Kawhi and why I'm hesitant to put him in that superstar category is that because, like I said, when he was the hunter, I, I could we could argue all day. Absolutely, he was a superstar talent because, right. he, like I said, the, it was the expectation. It, there wasn't the expectation. It was just like, well, who is this guy? And he just kind of kept, you know, kept elevating and kept elevating. Right. And then, it, right. then, but when he came on that set, when he was on that center stage, he put his exactly, and you put you put that flashlight on his name, and he became he became the hunted. There was a there was just he kind of digressed to me. Like there was there was there was kind of a, a drop right. off. He didn't get it was, 
exactly it did, he didn't he didn't really seize that and be like okay well if, if y'all coming for me come on like you know what i'm saying like we've seen we've seen Braun in those situations we've seen how he's responded we've seen kobe in those situations kd etc cetera, etc cetera. like they've all proven once they that they were the hunted that they they could they could take that to that next level Kawhi hasn't really given me that just yet like i haven't seen it and i'm not saying that he's not capable of it but i just haven't seen enough of that to to put him in that superstar category for me like to me, you you've got to separate yourself, and there's there's been a lot of times where he's deferred more so than separated himself, and that's the issue that I have with him. So okay, okay, so he's so by your logic, LeBron James is not a superstar then. What do you LeBron mean? LeBron James defers. I'm not. No, I don't. No, no, no. I think you misconstrued what I said because I'm not talking about def just deferring as far as like plays wise. Uh -huh. Like you know what I'm saying? Because the, the of course LeBron deferred. We've seen him pass the ball and right. you know what I'm saying in, in crunch time. So yes, all superstars at some point have deferred. I'm saying just in, in in totality. I'm saying like just where right. he 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 just doesn't take that that next step to seize that moment. It kind of he kind of like I, falls in the if, background if, a little bit. If I could help, like from an outside perspective, I I view it as you saying when the gun's in your face. Yeah, Kawhi's out yeah. there laying down, and Kawhi's like yeah. when you're yeah. down in that exactly. series, exactly. When you have that three-one and you blow it, 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 it's definitely something where when people start coming at you, you kind of roll over. And, yeah, and that's and that's what I'm saying. Yes, right. Yes. He's still that's a dog, but you you see Bron going down with a fight. You see Kobe going yeah. down, KD going down. You know, you saw KD loses Kyrie and Harden at different times, and he's still and, out there. Yeah, and KD was giving me and, listen, like with Kawhi. Points. Yes, yes. Kawhi, yes. Is, all right, fine. Terrence Mann's got it. Or PG's got it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and that's what I'm saying. That's the issue that I absolutely, Mike. You you explained it a lot better. Than that I mentality, yeah. I think Kawhi left. But no, yeah. it's not. That's just not his personality. That's just not Kawhi. It's not that. Yeah. It's not taking anything away from him. Yeah, because this is this is where I give pushback. Right, like he he, he, he he Listen, the only thing you can say on him where Kawhi Leonard messed up was that three one. That's really the only thing. And in last year too. Last year too. We got last injured. Year. And and by the way, by the way, remember when I was saying all those stats about in the fourth quarter he didn't miss? Yeah. That was last year. Right. But in the bubble yeah. as well. In the bubble. Yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. For sure. For I, I, sure. I, I, in the bubble, eh. Teach no, but, but let me ask you this though, Pride. In the bubble, uh -huh. was was Kawhi in that playoff series when PG was literally historic? Yeah, himself. Was Kawhi averaging over 30 points a game? Was Kawhi taking it to the next level in spite of PG not being available? That's where I look at it and say, when you no. look at it, okay, Kevin Love isn't available. Bron's going yeah. off. But I, yeah. that's different. That's different. Yeah. That's, that's no, it's not. No, it it's is. Not. Let me explain. I'm explaining why it's different. I'm explaining why it's different. I'm explaining why it's different. When you have LeBron on your team, you understand with LeBron there's certain things that LeBron's going to need. So LeBron's going to tell you, bro, I'm going to take over. I'm big. These, these are things. Kawhi Leonard's a type of dude where he's, 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 he's just silent. He's not really going to gather the galvanize the truth. He speaks more with his play. Did he average 30? No, he didn't. But again, to say that because of he didn't average 30, that doesn't make him a superstar. I think that's unfair because if we put LeBron in that same situation and he doesn't average 30, we're not killing him. We're going. We're going to look at you and say, "All right, Bron, what are you no, working with?" No, right. If he, if he, if he, if 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 let's say it was Kyrie out and he's not averaging thirty, I'm not going to kill him. If he's averaging like twenty eight or something like that, I'm, I'll accept that. But for me, it really comes down to when Kawhi Leonard comes on the court. Right. He's the guy. He's the guy you have to game plan around. 
And when Kawhi Leonard was in, um, when he was in Toronto, he was that guy. Elena, you said that he really wasn't the leader. It was Kyle Lowry. I disagree. I say there was two leaders on that team. In terms of vocalness and who's going to speak, that was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was the guy in the silence who was talking to the guys and galvanizing them. When there was times where Kyle Lowry wasn't talking, where he himself was down, and that's when Kawhi Leonard would speak, not vocally, but through his play, where he would straight up dominate and then look at everyone and go, you got coming with me? And it's, it's kind of unfair to just solely blame on when, mind you, when he literally carried that Toronto team to the finals and every single series, he was the best player on the court, regardless of either team. He was the best player on the court. And if you're going to say, oh, yeah, well, he didn't hit every clutch shot. I'll give you that. He didn't hit every clutch shot, but he hit some clutch shots. Right. And he hit, for me, he hit just enough for me to look at him and say he's a superstar. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. If if, if 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 the shot clock is off and there's only 10 seconds left, the ball is going to be in Kawhi Leonard's hand. And that's one dude that if he's got the ball in his hand, and, and, and me as a Celtics fan, we're playing him, I'm going to be nervous. Because I know Kawhi has a solid three-point game. I know his mid-range is vicious. And on top of that, Kawhi now understands that, look, it doesn't always have to be me. If I have to defer, it is what it is. I'm out here trying to get the best shot. He's now play, He's trying to play like a LeBron, and that's what he's doing. And personally, I ain't no way I'm, I'm going to look at a guy who, who his first year dropped 27. He like His first year in, in, in L.A., he, dropped, he was averaging 27. This past year, he was averaging almost 25. For me to call him not a superstar, and on top of that, we're completely negating that when it comes to defense, he takes the best player. Like, he goes out there, and it's like, who's the best player? I'm taking him. And sometimes he'll let Paul George do it. But, again, this goes to the leadership. When Paul George when Paul is getting cooked, I, Kawhi doesn't say anything. He doesn't go to, to the coach. He, does, he didn't go to Doc and say, well, you know, he didn't do that. He went up to him. He grabbed Paul George and said, go over there, and he would lock down. So – for me, he he, tech, he takes off a lot of the boxes. Like he is clutch. Right. He is. Now, is he the clutchest player in the league? No, I'm not going to make that argument. But for me, he's clutch enough. He's clutch enough where if you're worried about him having the ball at the end of the game, to me, that's clutch enough. Like if you're you're, you're nervous about Luka Doncic having the ball in his hand, LeBron James, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Dame Lillard, uh, you're worried about those guys having the ball. Kawhi Leonard is in that category. Now, yeah. in that category, is he, that. I think he is. He's in that category. He's not the top. He's not on the LeBron level or the KD level. But he, he's still in that tier. But he's probably towards the bottom of it. And like I said, if you're it, just you being in that tier gives you the ability to call yourself a superstar. Because, again, offensively and defensively, everywhere Kawhi Leonard has been after after Tim Duncan and Manu and, and Tony Parker retired, he's been the best player on that team. Right. So then, when I, he wanted I, to play. Right. I look at it like that is, you know, you come to L.A., you got the, you got the crown and the dice in the mirror, and, and I'm that, seeing all come this. Come on, Mike. And, and come I on, completely Mike. understand that. I understand that. And the whole Kawhi talk. At that time, yeah. at that time, Kawhi was going down as one of the best players in the league. There were a lot of conversations about it. There are people like Max Kellerman saying this guy is the guy. Bronze time is he over. He said he was better than Kobe. Yeah, no, right. no, he didn't say that. He said he was he was better than Kobe. More clutch. He was more clutch than Kobe. We ain't gonna Which, hear I Kobe understood, podcast, but I understood what he meant by that. My thing was I, the way I looked at it is because I think you can have defensive plays be clutch. 
Right. If he went that road, mm-hmm. I would say okay. I, I wouldn't. Okay. He was, yeah, he was just saying offensively. Say Max was Max was just trying to be different, but you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it was just offensively. He was just going. Yeah, because it was. I think it was like, okay, name those those moments, and he was just like. Okay, how about this? And it's like, no, bro, but you got to name it. You said Iguodala just to be different. Like, it, right, it, right, right. No yeah, other, but, yeah. but my point is, though, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. Kawhi was a superstar. And, and I definitely think that he could continue to be. Um, but I, I need to see how you are when you come back. And, and it could take a year or so to find that Kawhi again. And, and that's the problem, you see, because when you take that step down, you know, Derrick Rose has that step down for so and long. You got people that are rising up fighting that to move yeah. back over. And, and yeah. Clay's going to be doing the same thing. And so many others are doing the same thing. And we've seen that. Um, you know, Melo. Melo's dropping 28, and you still say, oh, he's a great role player. Like, no, Melo played like a superstar the other night, but nobody has mm-hmm. the balls to go out there and still say he's a superstar because he's not in the Kawhi's aging. Kawhi's injured. Kawhi has a catastrophic injury that typically takes two years before you're fully yourself again. So I need to look at Kawhi from that perspective and say, I understand who you are. I understand what you did. But what happened when you entered the Clippers organization, it wasn't that same dog that I saw traded to Toronto. It wasn't that same guy that said, I'm finally free. I'm not with Pop. I'm not in that situation anymore. I don't have to do that. I'm ready to win a championship. Final shot. One of the greatest shots I've ever seen ever. You know, he's not that guy. I didn't see him taking those shots. And, and you know, you see the beef with him and his teammates. Now all of those teammates are gone. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, see, not yeah. A prima donna, but like a situation where I felt like. Oh, he, he is. But to say a prima donna, you have to be vocal. Um, so, so I don't think he's very vocal. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, me there. No, he's a prima donna. Your, actual, your actions can be prima donna like too. Right. You don't and, have and to. Yeah, he's say, prima donna like. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing, though. I think he's a quiet prima donna. He's that kid who doesn't talk in class, mm-hmm. and when you have to work with him in the group project, he ain't there. Um, but he, vocally, he's not there. But he's a dog. He's a dog. At the end of the day. But I can't sit here and say that, okay, well, I'm giving Kyrie, you know, a little flock for not being here. I'm giving Clay and D Rose and, and, and Carmelo and others flock for getting injured or just, you know, falling off a little bit. But I can't do the same to Kawhi. That's where I'm coming from. I need to see Kawhi come back, not just be that guy you were with the Clippers, but I need to see Toronto Raptors Kawhi Leonard come back when you come back. And I understand it'll take some time. Um, but, you know, if you take more than two years, I can't call you a superstar anymore. I'll say yeah, you're a And Milana, let me just put the uh, swing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you say anything. Go ahead. I, when it comes to me seeing guys being injured, I give them the benefit of the doubt. I still call them superstars. Right. I just don't rank them. Like in terms mm. of, oh, who do you think is a top 10 player? I'm not, I don't rank them because then it's like, you know. And that's where I'm at. Right, yeah. right. So I get it. Yeah. You, know, you, you yeah. don't want to see. I'm, I, I usually give them the benefit of the doubt until they come on and for a long period of time are, are scrubs. Now, if like you said, if two years after that, Kawhi Leonard is, is putting up an inefficient 20 points per game, now I'm going to be like, okay, you know, it, it might be time to, to hop off it. You know what I mean? Right. So, I, you know, when, when, you say, when you say it like that, I get it. I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt, mostly right. because like yeah, I was. We, the, did, we did the same thing with KD. We did the same thing with KD. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is he going to be the same, or is it going to be like? Kobe and we still called him a superstar, right? Like I, I was. I'm in yeah. the minority where I still call but you see, a superstar. I just want to see how you come back. But see, the difference with KD is that we KD had proven like he. We've seen enough evidence of KD to know even if he didn't come back. What let's say let's say 
if he came back 80%. It still right. would be enough as, as as Kevin Durant currently constructed an eighty percent KD is still better than a majority of the league. So yeah, it's true. like he he was still he was still going to be a superstar irregardless. And right. like you were, I mean, and to your point, prior how you were saying like he's not a vocal guy. Like when things are the chips are kind of bad, he just leaves with his play. But what happens when his play isn't good enough? That's the that's the problem. It's like there's there's been times where he's not playing well and he's he's just like and he don't talk. So it's just like I'm gonna just keep doing what I do. And then whatever else happens is whatever else happens. Like it, it just and that's what just, separates like, him from others. I think exactly. Right. And, and, and exactly, it's like it, 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 that's the that's where the drop off is for me. Because when when it comes to when we look at the other the other guys that we consider superstars, mm-hmm. if they're not playing well, they're at least in somebody's ear. Or they're at least you know they're gonna say, okay, well, I'm not having even if they don't talk much. Because D Rose don't talk much either. He's not a talker. Right. He's an introvert. But, yeah, he's an introvert through and through. But at least. D Rose always had the awareness enough that even if he wasn't playing well, all right, I'm gonna step, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make these assists, I'm gonna make defensive plays, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick my hand in here, stick my hand in there. Like he, it's, it's not one of those things where he just, I'm gonna just keep, gun, I'm gonna just do what I want, and then just we just gonna have to figure it out around that. But that's kind of that's that's kind of Kawhi's mentality a lot of the times. It's like I, I'm just gonna do what I want, and y'all gonna have to figure it out from there. And if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. And right. I, I, I get it. You know what I mean? I get that if there weren't guys like Dwight Howard who did that. We called him a superstar when he was Orlando, and he really wasn't being that much of a lead. He kind of let it with play. Yeah. Vince he Carson. Was goofy. He was goofy. Right, Vince Carter, <laughs> Tracy McGrady. There have been guys who we've called superstars who don't really do it. Like, if you really look at Vince Carter, he didn't really become a leader until he got older and had a, and was a veteran where he was kind of bouncing around. Did, That's did, when he was a leader. Did we consider Vince a superstar, though? Like, oh, 110%. 110%. Even like, with his but people call him a superstar right before he signed the contract. He was. Right before he signed the contract with Toronto, he was a superstar, got traded to the Nets, and he was still considered a superstar. I don't think people really didn't look at him as a superstar until probably his last year in New Jersey. That's probably when the the, mm. the, the dip off people were probably looking at. Him. Okay. But right. and and with Tracy, we like got that superstar flock because of the dunking and because of everything. Yeah, like I don't, I'm not sure if we. Player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, overall player, he still was a superstar. Yeah, I mean, he he was solid. Like I compared to others. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think we put him in that. I mean, no, I, I, you make a good point. You make a good point, but I don't. But, 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 okay, fine. Then, then Tracy McGrady, right? When Tracy McGrady, I now give you. Traded, I'll give you. Yeah, when T-Mac got traded from Toronto, I think he went right to Orlando when he got traded. When he did, when him and uh, Tracy, uh, um, not Tracy, when Vince, when they were beefing because Tracy McGrady right. wanted his own team, when he got traded, he was just balling out. And you can even say the same to an extent when he was in Houston. You can maybe even say to the same extent. When he started getting older in his career, more specifically the Spurs, yeah, that's when yeah, you kind of start yeah, seeing yeah. him kind of being a vocal leader. So my mm-hmm. thing is Kawhi Leonard is still technically in his prime. So, yeah, he's not vocal. I see him on the court. I'll see him, especially defensively. I'll see it. And, again, I, I, I've seen him to the point where he'll get the ball and he'll pass it to a Terrence man, to a Luke Kennard. And they kind of look back at him, and he's kind of pointing at them. So, like, he's not a vocal leader. But he, he's more of like a don't do, do kind of kind of like Kobe. Where Kobe let's be honest, Kobe really wasn't a leader when he spoke. When he spoke, he was just disrespecting the yeah, dog. It was vicious. It was vicious. It was vicious. Yeah. Yeah, he, it was he was in his mind, he's like, Hey, look, man, y'all can't beat me on the court and y'all can't beat me with your mouth. So that's really how it was. And we Although, can fight. <laughs> I'm, 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 look, man, I will say this in my dying breath. I am pretty sure Kobe Bryant has fought somebody in the locker room. 
And that's in the back of his mind, and that's been in his mind since, since the day it happened. So in his mind, he's like, that's not happening again. I'm fighting somebody. But Kobe really wasn't a vocal leader. He kind of was more of a do as I do. Like, I'm going to Exactly. I'm going to play on the court. I'm leading the way, and you guys are behind me. And to a lesser degree, because, again, Kawhi isn't really a vocal guy, because if yeah. you didn't follow Kobe, he would violate you. Kawhi's kind of like that. Where I'm not gonna speak to you, I'm not gonna tell you really what we're gonna do. I'm gonna play. You guys be behind me, and if I'm having a horrible night, whoever's behind me steps up. Step to step, yeah, but yeah, right, but okay. that's, that's yeah. not my problem though. That's my problem, and, and it's why I deemed Luca. You know, Luca, I've followed for years now, um, mm-hmm. and now that he's finally in the NBA, I can say because that he played with grown men for as long as he did in his upbringing yeah, in yeah, Europe. Yeah. That's why you see guys like Luca going up against the Clippers, knowing he's going to lose this series, knowing that Porzingis isn't that guy, knowing that Hardaway isn't that guy. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm putting the balls in my hand right now, and I'm going to win you this series. I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing with Kawhi is when guys like PG come in and when guys like Terrence Mann and, and Pat Bev and all these other guys, Ibaka, whoever, you know, down the line, even if Doc wasn't having the greatest play-calling type of nights and game-planning type mm-hmm. of nights, you look at it from that perspective, you replace them with Kobe, Bron, Luca, or others, they're going to take that ball, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're going to get buckets with or without the rest of the team. Whereas Kawhi, mm-hmm. I feel like, still gives his teammates opportunities, and that's where I think it makes him, I think, a good teammate. I think definitely is where you need to understand that superstar caliber players and real dog type mentality guys are mm-hmm. going to take that ball, say, fuck you, for, and whoever yeah. else is missing it, the it's shots, a demand, yeah, they're going to demand, yeah. I'm moving, and I don't care what the rest of y'all are yeah. doing. With right, the, right. You're more passive. Yeah, but the thing is, when LeBron, because listen, let's be honest, LeBron really wasn't that uber aggressive until his second stint in Cleveland. And we were still calling him a superstar. No, that first stint in Cleveland, he was hooping. No, no, but I'm talking yeah. about aggressive. I'm talking about like oh, the, the aggressive thing. The first night in Cleveland, he didn't give a shit about anybody on that team. He said, nah, I I ball. No, it was different. He had he had to be aggressive in that situation right. because right. who else was gonna be the aggressor? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. You, like the, the first day in Cleveland, I could have made that roster, right? So you don't really have anybody dependent, right? When when look, man, let, let's call it what it is. <laughs> The three of us can break our necks, be completely paralyzed, and we would still be in that rotation getting heavy minutes. So, like, like you know, there, but the thing is with that first thing, Clint, there was really no talent, right? So there was no one he could really, really rely on, right? He went to Miami. He was passing, which me, personally. That first, that first year was – that and, first year he was passing. And the second yes, year. You're right. And, and you're the right. second year as well. Yeah, no, I think – I'm not I, as I, passive, I, but he still was passive. You can see – I disagree because I, I I feel like I feel like in that second year is because after that first year when they lost the way that they did mm-hmm. I feel like that's when Dwayne him and Dwayne Wade had that conversation where Dwayne Wade was like you got to be the guy you got right. you got to be the one and, 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 yeah no no there was there was times yeah yeah no there was times he still had to adjust and still had to like okay 
because I, you know what I'm saying? I think in the back of his mind, he's like, you know, I done came to this team. This is D-Wade. Like, he's, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, this right. is Wade County, so I still don't want to. But, but what's, like, I would say those first maybe 15 games, he was still kind of teetering the line a little bit. But after that, once he stepped his foot on the gas, it was no looking back. Like, we could never question LeBron's aggressive. Right, but he wasn't, a, he yeah. wasn't, he, well, he wasn't as aggressive as you guys are making him seem to be. He still was relatively passive to where there are times where Mike Miller was out here on fire. And what would he do? He would give him the ball, which again, I'm not blaming him. I'm not. My thing is, oh, listen, I, I would hoop. And if when, when I hoop, who's got the hot hand? You got the hot hand? I don't care if I'm better than you, worse than you, equal you. I don't care. You got the hot hand. I'm giving you the ball, right? For but, sure. but we didn't really see this Uber brawn where, like, give me the ball, get out the way. If, like, like if I got to average 40, I'll drop right. 40. We didn't see that, bro. So, and that's what you guys, like, like the names you guys brought up, those are the guys who go, oh, I need to average 40? Okay, 45, here we come. Like, that's the names you brought. So my thing is, okay, Kawhi Leonard doesn't do that. But again, to say just because of that, he doesn't, he's not a superstar. I, I, think, I, I think that's, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm talking about Elena, because Elena's the one who said Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I get your point, Mike. You're kind of more along the lines of he was a superstar when he got injured. He's injured. Let's see how he plays before we give him back that title. Yeah. That okay. So so I I get you. Elena's like yo. He not superstar. Period. Like she yeah. like she like screw Kawhi. He I, just, I just I just like I said I just haven't seen it seen enough. And like I said, this is I'm not saying Kawhi's a, like a horrible player or anything like that. Like Kawhi's great. Don't get me wrong. Like he's he's I mean he's done incredible things. And I mean he's made quite a career for himself. It's just I haven't seen it. I guess more so what I'm trying to say is I haven't seen it consistently enough throughout the years just to to put him in the in the same category that we put the other superstars in. Like we've seen, LeBron's had a couple since with you know a couple different teams in those first eight years in Cleveland. No question was that guy. Like I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like he was just it was just it was consistent there. The only thing LeBron really had to figure out was being a more consistent jump shooter. But you can never question. You know what I'm saying? As far as like what LeBron was bringing to the table, first time. I mean, even in Miami, same thing. He still had to, he, you know, he had things to figure out, but still, we could never question. There's just a lot of questions with Kawhi. What if he's not healthy? What if he's not feeling it? What if he's not fit? like? There's just so many what ifs with him, and that's why I can't really put him in that superstar category because it should be without without a shadow of a doubt that this is who I am. This is this is what I bring, and this is you know I'm a superstar because of these these because of these reasons. With Kawhi, there's just, like I said, there's just so many up and down, so many mixed, you know what I'm saying, mixed emotions as it pertains to his game. But that that's, I guess, like I said, that's just, that's just me. And I know that's probably not the most popular opinion because a lot of people have Kawhi as a superstar. Me, personally, I don't. I, I, I'll say this. I don't I, – I, Kawhi didn't want to be in Toronto, and he balled out. That's all I'm saying, but because yeah, he was trying to get to LA, <laughs> uh, it, it, that, that's all he really wanted. And I, I'll be, I, I, I will, I will give you guys something. His second year in LA, he did kind of dip. I think that's more of the realization because I, 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 I'm one of the people who thinks the first year he went to 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 LA was the best chance they had at winning a ring. Uh, for sure, for sure. And I think for, for each sure. year longer that they're to, that him and Paul George specifically are together, that the, the percentages just go down close, and down. Close. Yeah, that window closes. Yeah. Right, like the window for yeah, them yeah. is just consistently closing and they're just, mm -hmm. it's not going to open. And I think Kawhi Leonard knows that. I think he mm -hmm. understands that, look, man, if I'm going to have to run a game, Paul George, because people forget, 
Paul George wasn't his number one guy. He called Kyrie. Kyrie said no. Then he called G- uh, Jimmy uh, Butler. And Butler was like, look, man, I want to have my own team. Then he tried to hit up Kemba to try to force something to happen. Mm-hmm. And Kemba was like, look, I'm chilling. Yeah, so I'm then, good. <laughs> then he's selling. Yeah, for- we also forget about the dog shit that he did with Russ. I mean, Russ called him and Russ said, hey, let's team up. And then Kawhi got the idea of, oh, you know what? I'm going to call PG, tell him what Russ is up to, and I'm going to get PG before Russ can even go anywhere. So that, that's and what he did. He duped the Lakers, too. Yeah, because right. everyone too. thought yeah, he was going to go. So, I mean, look, Kawhi Leonard, if you ever see this, you probably won't. But if you ever do, I had your back. Okay. Kawhi, so, he was a slick bastard. I'm he just throwing that out there. I, mean, I'm really, really, Brody. I hope Brody tears your ass up. Yeah, I don't. Uh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. Russ won't beat me up. Okay? He won't beat me up. He's going to be too busy yelling at someone on the sidelines that don't get me to Kawhi will beat me up. He'll just look at me and be like, bro, you're not even worth it. He'll walk away from me. Like He'll, he'll be like, you're not worth it. I'll put my hands in my pockets and just kick a rock on the floor and be like, you're not worth it. Like, I'll be so in my face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll be who, deep, who, deep wins the, who wins the fight between Russ and Kawhi? I think Mike, Mike was saying Russ. I'm going to go Russ, too. Russ, dog is Russ, and Kawhi? Russ is ghetto. I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going Kawhi. What? And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. When those quiet dudes start talking, not to say that Russ probably ain't got that dog in him. We all know that. that that's just a given. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you might as well change Russ's name to Dog with two Gs, pretend like Snoop Dogg's cousin or something. Yeah, it, depends how the fight, it depends how the fight starts. Now, if Kawhi doesn't get the stretch for 15 I mean, minutes I mean, before, I think he's going to tear something and the fight doesn't even happen. So, you know, all right. he's going to like that. No, and Yo, Kawhi got some big hands. He got some big he hands. He do. Look, man, look. I, honestly, got Russ, like, I, I, Russ got huge. Oh, no. Kawhi Russ, too. yeah, for his side, he's got huge hands, too. I'm going to tell you this right now. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this right now. If that were to ever be a fight, they if we ever find out they had beef, I need Dana White. To get involved and be like, look, we're gonna get this UFC pay-per-view. Cause I think that would be a hell of a fight. Yeah, I would love that fight. You know who I you know who I really want to see fight bad, bro? I, I want to see uh, Patrick Beverly fight so bad. Nah. Same. I, I really do because he talks so really, he was, I really hope that he just gets beat up. And I, I I want like some some no name. Like I want like like matter of fact, give me an old JJ Berea, who's not who wasn't even in the thing anymore. Have him beat him up. Get a Ricky yeah. Rubio, who's like it was banished to Cleveland. Matter of fact, Mario Hazonia, let's bring him back for a year and have right. him put Paul's on. on Patrick Beverly, though, just, just to give a little insight on, on the street, is uh, Patrick Beverly is every local gym in Chicago. Patrick, you will see a thousand Patrick Beverly's a day on every oh, court. Oh, and, yes, and Patrick yes, Beverly just brings yes. that attitude. The only difference yes. is Patrick Beverly doesn't speak for the talent that comes out of Chicago. Derrick Rose no, does. Don't. Others mm-hmm. do as well. I would say mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. But he he just speaks to the mentality of people from Chicago. Yeah. Hold, on, wait, hold on, Mike. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, Mike. You said you would, you would bring up Anthony Davis, but what? I would bring up AD, but he'd be rocking that Packers jersey, so he'd be pissing me <laughs> off. You know, it, 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 it's weird, but I don't get it. But, you know, it, it's definitely something where Patrick Beverly does have the vocalness of what the majority of Chicago is like and what it's like playing against guys mm-hmm. in Chicago. Um, his game just doesn't mm-hmm. translate into that, but right. he definitely plays that yeah, yeah. type of guy right. now. Right, which probably probably yeah. that can definitely fight. Mm-hmm. Right, man. The thing is, oh, is like okay. he he he's not that good, but that's probably why he developed that that talkative thing. Because this thing is like, look, if I'm if I'm average, 
I'd rather chirp in your ear so that way you remember me. Like you remember yeah. my name, you know what I and mean? And he play and he plays hard. He does all the dirty work. And that's yeah. I think that's what keeps him in the league is because he I does just, all the things that nobody else wants to do. You need a guy who will do that. Yeah, for sure. You, you, you need you need a you need a fall guy. <laughs> yeah, and on top of that, I don't know if y'all saw they played um I think it was the Pelicans they played. Jonas Valanciunas was just trying to do his free throws and Pat and yeah, he yeah, walks up to me and he pumps it and then it stops. And it's just like, I'm just waiting. And I'm like, he just stood there too. Like, and then Jonas was like, bro, move. And all of a sudden, Patrick Mills was like, wait, what? I'm like, Ben, you started it. Why, why are you going to get mad at Jonas when you're trying to run up on the dude? That's, that's that mentality of like, who are you talking to? I don't care if I'm in the wrong. You're not talking, yeah. To, yeah. Which, yeah, you're not talking to me. Yeah. yeah. It, it has kept them in the league. And I, I will tell you this. Like, that's something that even if he ends up not playing, like, he falls out of the rotation, just that mentality alone will kind of find him a Udonis Haslam role. Where, like, oh, oh not yes, playing. yes, yes. But, oh, like, there's always room for a Patrick Beverly in the league. Like, yeah, so I'm going I'm to I'm tell you right now that, you know, again, I'm not a Patrick Beverly fan at all. Like, I, I play wherever you want. Just don't come to Boston. Don't yeah, I don't blame that. Because the thing <laughs> is, is, like, honestly, I, just, I don't want him to go to a team. Like, the Timberwolves, I think, is, is solid for him. Don't go to a team where you're gonna fight somebody. Because if he goes to Philadelphia, he's going. He's gonna fight Joel. Oh, what? If oh he goes goodness. to Miami, he might fight Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. If he, like, I, I, if if he ends up or going, UD, because he might get on UD. <laughs> yeah, like if if he goes to LA, he's probably gonna fight. If he goes to Chicago, I mean, look, Zach Levine, light skin. He look, he look like he'll he'll be somebody. Else. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. Zach Levine looked like he, he's the type of dude that said, I'll bring her home at nine, sir. And then next thing you know, it's 11 o'clock. He calls you. She's at my house and hangs up on you. Like, that's what Zach Levine looked like. Like, Zach Levine looked like he'll, he'll flip on a dive. DeMar- and don't sleep with DeMar DeRozan either. Yeah, I, I was say, DeMar DeRozan looked like, you know, he he, 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 he in that Kawhi boat now. He quiet. Oh, once he starts, but once he shows up, like talking and whatnot, especially ever since he got the braids. When he went to San Antonio and got the braids, we saw a whole nother, we saw a whole nother DeMar DeRozan. He was like, hey, yo. About that business, yeah, but, for sure. Oh man, it's uh, it's, I'm I'm just I wish I'll tap back because yeah, he's not good, but yo, he get paid. He get paid more than me. So I, uh, that my life goal one day is to be Pat Patrick Beverly, where like no, I can, for sure, for sure. I, I got that money. Oh man, it was fun with you guys. Follow us on Twitter at Prideful Takes. By the way, I got banned or not banned. I got blocked by somebody. I got blocked. Yeah, somebody said that uh, um, Shohei Otani wasn't as good as he is. I was like, okay, so what are you watching? Like, what are you watching? Babe Ruth highlights, bro? Like, come on, grow up. And that alone got me blocked. Yeah, I I got got somebody's shots. I was like, all right, cool. That's another dub for me, so I'll take it. (laughs) I ain't going to argue with that at all. Catch us on Facebook at Prideful Takes. We go live on Facebook. And on top of that, we be putting all sorts of memes up there. If you don't got Facebook, you're in luck. Follow us on YouTube at Prideful Takes. Every live, live episode is there. Visit our website, www.prideflitakes.com. Not only is every episode of the podcast there, but we also have original articles. And I know I'm ugly as shit, so that's why we got Spotify. You can hear my voice without dealing with the face at Private Takes Podcast. <laughs> Elena, Mike, a- a- any any final comments y'all got? Nah. Make sure y'all follow ASAP Network. Also, make sure you follow me on Anchors from the ground up as well as on Spotify and Apple Music. And all of the stuff, all everywhere you can listen to podcasts, follow from the ground up. Make sure y'all uh y'all tune in. Also, Mike is coming on the show, so y'all be on the lookout for that. Pride, I need you on the show too, man. Look, we, gotta, man. we gotta get it, we gotta get it popping. I'm gonna tell you right now, if you want me on the show, just talk about LeBron. I'll go all day talking about <laughs> I'll go all day talking about LeBron. You know I keep what? you we out. Might do a LeBron, a LeBron James dedication episode featuring Pride. We might oh, 100%. Uh, it's, just, it's gonna be me just like 
loving everything you've done. I will find every listen. You give me enough time, I'll find a good. I will find a good, perfect. Like you know, I, I will find a good thing. And 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 that whole Dallas Mavericks thing. Just give me enough time. As always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I mean, just give me enough time, and I promise I'll find it. As always, it's your boy Pride on behalf of Lena Mike. See you guys in the next one. Be safe. Where that was going. That was a great read. Ooh, Lillard from the logo. That'll quiet the two on the season. Second and one for the Bills. The handle the rush. Allen looking. It's down. Two to Shohei Otani. Center field. Let's watch it go. Did several of those inside low kicks.